0: You are listening to the weekly podcast of Bethlehem Temple Church in Middletown, Ohio. We pray you enjoy today's message. We thank and praise God for those of you who are here in person today, and we thank God for those of you who have joined us online. We are Bethlehem Temple First Pentecostal Church located at 1219 Young Street in the city of Middletown, Ohio. If you get an opportunity, please stop by or jot a comment in the comment section and we will respond as we have time on this week. God bless you. Turn to the book of Romans with me, chapter number five. Romans chapter number five. It is good to see so many of you out on today and next week uh, is when we celebrate Easter, we invite you again to come out. Romans chapter five, and when you have that text, would you please be so kind to stand? I'm going to read in your hearing verse number six down through verse number ten. Romans chapter five, verses six through ten. and I will call out the verses as I get to them. Romans chapters number five. Starting at verse number six. If you haven't, say I have it. For when we were without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Verse seven, for scarcely for a righteous man will one die. And perhaps even for a good man, some would even dare to die. Verse eight, but God demonstrated his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Verse number nine. Much more then, having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Verse 10, for if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. This morning, I would like for you to look at verse number nine. I'm not gonna preach this particular text, but I'm going to draw a thought from it and uh, we, Pray that God will bless this thought. Look at verse number nine. Much more than having been now justified by his blood. Think upon the subject, because of the blood. Because of the blood. And can I just be honest with y'all for a moment? I I wrestle with this subject because I say, folk don't want to talk about the blood no more. I said, Lord, let, let me talk about the significance of the week and all the kind of stuff. And and I said, there ain't a whole lot you can say about the blood that's going to trend right on social media. And God just kind of let me know, who who you preaching for? No, he talking to me. He wasn't talking to y'all. He talking to me. So I realized it's not a popularity contest. It's not how many rights. We've got to stay with the word. So because of the father in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord God, for this day. We thank you, Lord God, for this opportunity that you've given us to come. We actually can bless this time we have together. Now let not one word drop, Lord God, on shallow ground, but let it grow and be productive. And let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O oh Lord, my strength and my redeemer. And All God's people say, Amen. Amen. Tell your neighbors, because of the blood. Because of the blood. This particular week on our calendar, we call it Passion Week and it is the most sacred week on the Jewish and the Christian calendar. This week started off with Palm Sunday as you've seen, and we was waving the palms as Jesus made his triumphant uh, triumphant entry into Jerusalem. But it ended with Jesus being crucified on the cross, shedding his blood for you and I. As we go into this week, and with all the things that we have going, the significance of this week is not the Easter buddy. Right. The significance of the week is not all the Easter egg hunts that are going to be going on around the community. Right. The significance of the week is not whether you can get your child a new outfit so they can say their speech next week. And all that is not bad within itself. But the significance of the week that Jesus died on the cross for you and I. And I'm going to take my time here because I want to make sure I'm clear. The cross is significant, but what's more significant is the Christ of the cross. Get it, get it, get it, get it. Because if it was just a cross, there was two threes on both sides. But what makes the cross unique? What makes the cross something that we can come and praise God for was the person who made the sacrifice on the cross. I, I, I'm talking about the man in the middle. I know Michael said the man in the mirror I'm talking about the man in the middle because of the sacrifice he made and shed his blood and, and somebody said well he spilled his but no he shed his blood when you spill something you do it by accident but he shed his blood for you and I the Bible tells us in St. John 1934 but one of the soldiers with the spear pierced his side and came there out blood and water. And some of you that are my age and my generation, remember the times that in our praise and testimony service, somebody will start a song, have you been washed in the blood? Have you been washed in the cleansing blood of the Lamb? Is your garment spotless? Is it white as snow? hat? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? We would sing songs like, what can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Then somebody would break out and say, there's power, power, wondrous working power in the blood of the Lamb. And we're living in a day and time where the message of the church is changing. It's changing from the blood songs and The blood worship and uh, some people look at it as a slaughterhouse religion and now even in some commentaries and in some translations of the Bible they have even taken the word blood out and they substituted it by death but see you can die by suffocation you can die by starvation but it takes the blood to bring about salvation For Leviticus says, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. So suffocation wouldn't have done it. Starvation could not have done it. He would have had to shed his blood for you and I. Think about it in the last 20 years. We don't hear many blood songs hitting the top charts, even in the Christian circles. We're now about praise and worship, but you can't praise and worship if you don't know what he did. Back on this week that we're celebrating. The blood is important, so important that it's mentioned many, many times. Somebody said 700 times, I didn't count, but that's what they said. David refers to it as incorruptible blood. Peter said it's precious blood. John said it's overcoming blood. And again, many of us remember when the devil would fight us, we didn't run, we didn't hide, we didn't turn on the television, we didn't read a self-help book. We used to say, the blood is against you. Any of y'all remember those times? When the devil would fight your mind, we said, the blood is against you. When we didn't know where our children was, we said, I plead the blood over my children, over my family, over my household. I, I don't know what they're into, but I, I plead the because we understood there was power in the blood. And we knew Satan could not come through the blood of Jesus Christ. And we would plead the blood. And there was times we used to hear, I used to hear my father on his breath, I plead the blood. I didn't know what he was pleading on, but I plead the blood. And we have lost that in this generation because we try and self-help. We're trying a motivational speeches. We're trying a gospel that don't have no power because it has neglected the cross. <laughs> number of years ago a psychiatrist named Carl Menander wrote a book Whatever Happened to Sin because what has happened is we don't call sin sin anymore you turn on the radio or the television and see how many people say sin it's a disorder now it's a bad habit now it's a dysfunction now but see we cannot appreciate what God has done for us unless we understand the depravity that we were in. Yeah. The reason we can't hardly get folks saved today because we can't get them lost. Right. <laughs> nobody's lost no more. They may have strayed, they might have passed but nobody's lost. But I'm so glad we used to sing a song that said, I was sinking deep in sin. Far from a peaceful shore. And then it goes on to say how love lifted us up out of sin. So if we're going to understand this week, if we're going to put the significance on the blood, we have to realize that we were in a messed up situation. When we look very quickly at the Hebrew words for sin, there's three primary words that is used, first of all, is the word transgression. That word transgression in the Hebrew means to overstep boundaries. God has established boundaries not to keep you in, not to kill your joy, but so that you can live the fullness of life. But see, it's just like in a football or a sporting analogy. There are boundaries. There are out of bounds. And all of a sudden, when you go out of bounds, you are disqualified now to participate in the game. See, this word transgression gives us the idea that instead of following God's boundaries, God's guidelines, we want to set our own boundaries. Look at our world today where we have moved God out of the marketplace. We've moved God out of our schools. We have even moved God out of our homes and in some churches God is not even invited. And then we wonder how come we're dealing with all of the issues that we're dealing with today. But if you move God out of society, you're going to get what society can give you. And that is hell and damnation. Because if you don't put your faith in Jesus, you don't have another option. I said you don't have another option. Boy, that's tight. <laughs> but it's still right. The second definition of sin, it means to miss the mark. When we were younger, we used to take that when we had dart boards and we would throw the darts and try to hit the mark. Sin is to miss the mark. You tried to throw it. Uh, and, and hit the, uh, the bullseye through self-works, and you try to hit the bullseye by church attendance, and you try to hit the bullseye by paying your tithes. but all those things fall short because you're going to miss the mark every time. The third word means iniquity. That word iniquity, if you get a chance to review it or study it, it means to be bent, it means to be crooked. It, it speaks about something in our nature that is crooked, that is twisted. Have you ever noticed that you don't have to tell uh, a teacher, a young child, how to tell a lie? Come on, y'all! You don't ever have to tell them. They come out line. But you got to teach them how to tell the truth because there's something in us. That we inherit from Adam called off the endemic nature. That is a bigness. There's a crookedness. There's something in us that is perverse. That given some situation we don't know where we would be without the Lord. That's why with your religious self don't ever say what you won't do. Because the same thing that other folk is doing, you got that same bitterness. You got that same uh, depravity in you. You got that same thing in us that want to draw us to do wrong. Paul said, "When I want to do right." Now, Paul—he hey, was a powerful—he said, "When I want to do right, evil is present with me." So, very quickly. First of all, we are sinners by nature. Our nature that we inherit from Adam. But secondly, we are sinners by practice. We're sinners by nature. That's the root. Oftentimes in our churches, we, we preach against the fruit. we say you, you can't go, you got to stop this, and you got to stop this, you got to stop all that. Baby, that's the fruit. You can stop doing all of that and still go to the lake. It's the nature you got to deal with first. Y'all following me? In other words, all the things that we can preach against, if they don't know Jesus, it doesn't make a whole lot of difference. A number of years ago, Robert Evans, I heard him say it here. He says, morals can keep you out of jail but not out of hand. In other words, you can wear your suit all the way up here, have your dress all the way down here, and have all of that, but unless you are born again, it don't make a bit of difference. And so reformation, then, is not enough. Reformation is taking uh, us... Going to work all week, not bathing. Reformation is going to the gym all week, not hitting any water, and and smelling, not brushing our teeth. And then on Sunday, we come in with a nice suit. That suit will not cover up the smell, baby. You got that teeth washed in the blood. So, therefore, the change that the blood brings. About, it comes from the inside out, not the outside in. You can make all the changes, all the resolutions, all, I'm going to stop doing this and I'm going to stop that. But it's the blood that gives you strength from day to day. Now, when we look at man's condition in respects to God as it relates to sin, man seeks his own way. Man seeks independence from God. Isaiah says it this way, we are all like sheep. Have gone astray. Each and every one of us, yeah, we grew up in the church, yes, we've done all these things, but we've all have gone our own way. Therefore, we are under the condemnation because he told Adam in the day that you eat thereof, you shall surely die. So that condemnation has been uh, filtered down through all generations. Therefore, we are condemned by God. Man's condition faith in, respect, in respects to his spiritual capacity. Inwardly, man is defiled. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 says men are spiritually blind. He's spiritually dead and he's incapable of receiving truth. Have you ever tried to witness to somebody or share Christ with somebody and they just don't get it? Because it have to be spiritually discerned. What did Andre say? He said, somebody told me. Of a joy they had. (laughs) Somebody told me of a sorrow where they could be glad. Then they told me how they was bound, but now they're free. He didn't think it could be until it happened to him. And people will not understand totally what the message of the gospel is until they believe in it and accept it by faith. Man's respect to salvation. Man is lost. Man does not seek God, he cannot please God, our good works are worthless, and there is no hope, and we are without an excuse. So we have painted then a pretty dismal picture of man' condition in his lost state. But what we understand is that our sin is so repulsive to God, it requires a sacrifice. Say it requires a sacrifice. It requires a substitute. It requires somebody to come into our place and to bear the iniquity that blows on us. They're going to take it for themselves. That's why we understand that Jesus carried our sins to the cross. I love 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 21 for it said, for he made him to be sin for us. For God made Jesus to be sin or a sin offering for us. Watch this. Who knew no sin? That's why he had to come the way he did. That's why he had to be virgin born. That's why he had to be that perfect sacrifice. That's why he had to be there, live that sin of life. He didn't just have to be a sacrifice. It had to fit the type and the shadow that Jesus and God was calling for. Where we understand that, then because of the blood, we understand we've been justified. In that text, the Bible lets us to know much more than being now justified by his blood, said by his blood. Another translation said, Since we have been made right with God in God's sight by the blood of Jesus, Elder Meyer said, it, so I'm gonna blame him. Elder Meyer said this morning in his Christian education. Jesus is the only way, so don't get mad at me. Don't write me. Write him. Get him, for it. He was saying that Jesus is the only way to get to God, and he called out a few of the other fellows. I'm not going to call them out, but he called out a few of the other fellows, but Jesus is the only way. He said, no man can come to the Father unless you come. He said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the door." And then you can't get around me. You can try all the ways you want, but you've got to come through me. Y'all can blame Little Myers for that. One. Now, when we look at justification, then, he said we're justified by the blood. What is justification? Justification is an act whereby God declared a believing sinner righteous based on what Christ has done. I'm going to break it down here in a moment. First of all, justification is an act. Justification is not a process. Justification is an act. When that person put their faith in Christ Jesus, all of a sudden God says, it's paid for. Where we get hung up is sanctification. Justification is an act. Sanctification is a process. Sanctification in justification, you're no know more justified now. I'm no let me say it this way I'm no more justified now than I was 43 years ago when I put my faith in him and was baptized. I'm no more justified now than I was then because it's a one time act. But now in sanctification, I walk with him every day. I see stuff coming off of me every day. And there I say every day with Jesus, it's sweeter than the day before. So one is an act, the other is a process. Yes. Right. And so what the devil does to us, he get us caught up in our state. Because you said, I'm struggling. In our state, I just blew. In our state, you don't know where I was last night. That's your sanctification. But your justification is your position, not your condition. Wow. your position is I'm saved by his power divine. Right now is sweet. And my joy is complete because I'm saved. Yes, I might be struggling. Yes, I might be tripping over barriers. Yes, I might have heartaches and pain. But that's my condition. My position is I'm still saved. I'm saved. I'm saved. I'm saved. Now you are the sons of God. Now you have an inheritance. I have eternal life right now. Stop letting the devil blow your mind about your condition. Tell the devil it's not all about my condition but my position. And in my position, nothing can separate me from it. In my position, he said, he who started to work with me, he's going to finish it. Yes, I might be living right now. That's my sanctification. And he's working on me. And when he gets done with me, I shall come forth as here go. But that does not declare my position in Christ. So justification is an act, not a process. Next is justification is God declares us not guilty. Now He don't make us not guilty. Understand what I'm saying? We used to sing. Some folks used to sing. I ain't singing. When it came out of the water, my hands looked new. Looked at my feet, they did too. My hands didn't look new. That was somebody's testimony, but it wasn't mine. The same hands that were steal, the same feet that would go astray, if you don't put a check on it, they will still go astray. So he doesn't make us righteous. He declares us righteous. It's a legal, it's a judicial term that when our account shows up and all the sin that we've done in the past, God said, I paid it in full. Ah, uh, that's good to know That's good to know That's good to know when we are facing the world And folk don't mess with us And things gonna happen And temptation at times are going to overtake us And the devil want to throw that up in our face But you can tell the devil My account has been paid In full And now there is no condemnation For me, because I'm in Christ Jesus, because of his blood, he paid the price. He declares us righteous. He declares us righteous. And that justification is based on the finished work of Jesus Christ. In other words, not based off of what I do. Not based on who I know. It's not based off of where my zip code is. It's not based off of where I work or how many digits I got behind my bank account. It's based upon what Jesus has done for me at the cross. See, in the Old Testament, as Meyer spoke today, every year the high priest would have to go in to the holies of holy and offer a sacrifice. But that's, those sacrifices would only roll back sin for another year it never took care of the sin it never took care of the condemnation but the bible lets us to know Jesus offered his blood one time tell you never just one time time. that in Hebrew is in the aorist tense meaning once and for all he don't have to die every time you mess up he don't go back to the cross just because you stumble. Because Hebrews also shows us that Christ is on the right hand sitting by the Father. And if you know anything about the tabernacle, there was no seats in the tabernacle showing that the priest's work was never done. But Jesus is sitting. The work is already done. Trust me. I'm sorry, I'm I'm back. Trust me. I can carry it. trust me and put your hopes in me because of the blood we've been redeemed scripture says in Ephesians 1 and 7 to be redeemed it speaks about being brought back it's almost as though when Adam said he sold us in the pawn shop of sin but when Jesus offered his blood he paid the price Peter said it was by precious blood He said it wasn't by silver or gold or by a billionaire's account, but by his own blood, he purchased our redemption. And not only does it say in Hebrews, our redemption, he says our eternal redemption. Say eternal redemption. In other words, when he died and he said it is finished, not only did it take care of my past mess, not only did it take care of my past sins. Not only did it take care of my past things and my failures. But it takes care of the things that I've done today and yesterday. And not only that, means it'll take care if I mess up the where I mess up the ball. It's still just as good. <laughs> Again, I referred to Andre he said, it reaches to the highest mountain. It flows to the Lord It's that blood that gives me strength from day to day. It's not a weekend kind of strength. It's not a passive week type of strength. It's not when I'm in a church kind of strength. But it's the strength every day he gives me. So when Satan comes and throw up my path, tell him that's all right, but it's under the blood. When folk want to make you remember what you used to be, say that's okay. It's been taken care of. Don't let folk hold you back by what you did on yesterday. When Jesus shed his blood to set you free. Jesus was willing to pay the price to get us out of the slave market. Not only that, we understand because of his blood, he carried our iniquities. Isaiah says it like this, but he was wounded for my transgressions and bruised for my iniquities. And the chastisement of our peace was upon him. In other words, he died when I should have died. He hung up when I should have been hung up. He went to the cross to purchase my salvation. And how many is glad about it today? Because of the blood we made were able to draw nigh to God. Again, in the Old Testament, they were only able to go in there and they would, went in there being fearful that they would die. But Hebrews tell us that now we can come both. Now, Again, don't let me hurt your feelings. Some of y'all religious folk, y'all, when y'all go down to pray, Lord, I'm asking you to help me because I I went to church Sunday. I'm asking you to to help me because there's 52 Sundays in in a year and I've been there 54. Lord, I've been praying all night long. You got to help me. And it's as though God said, I don't hear you. But you can say, I'm broke. I messed up, but I come to you in Jesus' name. That's the password. That's the key that unlocks the door to heaven. Not what you've done or what you're having to, but when you call on that great name, you got access to God through Jesus Christ. Now I become bold. Even though I've messed up, even though I've sinned, even though I've come short, I don't have to have my head down as a second-class citizen. Because of his blood and cleanses us. He tells us in first John that if we confess our sin, he is faithful and righteous. Forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. So when Satan tries to blow our minds, by our path, and one of the things Satan does very well is he make us uh, relive our guilt and feel like there's nothing I can do about it. People might know it publicly, but God says I got it covered. <laughs> God said, don't even worry about it. It, it. It's as though God said, "What, see?" And it's not that he forgets it in the sense that he absent-minded, he's getting old like myself, can't remember sometimes. I remember, I'm going back earlier a moment. I I was out coming out of Corbett one time, I think one of the sisters here, I might call her name. I was out in the car, beeping my horn, I lost my car. I was trying to find my car. (laughs) And and we are prone to forget, but God don't forget in the absolute sense that we forget. When he said he forget our sins or forgive, he said, I don't bring them into the account, or I don't, I choose not to remember or hold them against you any longer. He says if you confess, he is faithful. But not only that, his peace or his blood brings peace with God. Right. Right. Now we've got access to God. And not only that, because of his blood, we have his protection. Remember the night? that that angel was going through Egypt, killing everybody the firstborn. And through the word of God through Moses says, sprinkle the blood on the door of And he says, when I see the blood, not when I see your works, not when I see your degrees, not when I look at your bank account, not when I look at your family history, not when I look at the color of your skin, Not when I look at where you work or how many community things you're involved with. He says, when I see the blood. In other words, get under the blood and you're protected. Get under the blood and you'll be preserved. Get under the blood of Jesus. And he said, when I see the blood, what am I gonna do? I'm gonna pass over you. In other words, I'm gonna skip over your house. I'm going to skip over your children. I'm going to skip over your friends. When I see the blood, I'm looking for the blood. What just worships, why nothing but the blood of Jesus. As I bring it to a conclusion, because of the blood, we're sanctified. The blood is what separates us and makes us different. Because of the blood, we are the church. He said he purchased the church with his own blood. And because of the blood, we now can just approach God and don't have to be afraid, or don't have to drag our path with us. Don't have to drag what folks say in the Bible. Don't have to remember all the stuff, that how we messed up. Because he says, when we put our faith in him, he's able to cleanse us, of all that stuff. You can get that monkey off your back. Because all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And all of us need forgiveness. And I'm so glad we have a Savior that went to the cross to die for you and I. How many glad about today? I'm not done, but I'm going to stop. Because it's important as we go through this week that we don't Put the emphasis on the wrong thing that we that, that we focus on the wrong thing and don't make it about a whole lot of stuff that don't make a whole lot of difference but Jesus says if I if I be lifted up from the earth what did he say I'll draw somebody said let's sing a song that ain't what he's talking about I don't go ahead and sing the song he talking about the cross. And he said, if I be lifted up from the earth talking about his death, he said, I'll draw the white man, I'll draw the black man, I'll draw the hallmarker, I'll draw the prostitute, I'll draw the self-righteous. I won't draw to a denomination, I won't draw to a particular church, but I'll draw to me. So today we are offering you an opportunity to meet the man in the middle. The man in the middle, his name is Jesus. If this is you today, we're going to start our altar call, and we're going to ask our altar ministries if they would come, if the praise team would come and help us out. It would be greatly appreciated.